The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Church of Roy, an armchair All-American podcast. Warning, today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve DeWalt. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve DeWald, Associate Editor at BlazersEdge.com. I'm joined once again by Adrian Bernisich, our our man from down under. Uh, Adrian, how are you doing on this lovely Saturday afternoon in Australia or morning, I guess, where you are? It's, yeah, it's, it's 10 a.m. and it's raining because it's winter here, just in case you guys didn't realize that the hemisphere, hemispheres are a bit different. Um, but I wake up to, new, to news. I'm just coming to terms with it, similar to, uh, similar to Damien Lillard waking up. To- yeah, yeah you're, not, you're not alone as far as waking up to news. That was kind of the universal theme here in the basketball world. And, of course, we're very excited for the first time on our show, Mark Schindler. Uh, you can catch his work over at Premium Hoops. Seriously, one of the best guys I've met in the last year or so, new friendships I've made on here as far as sports coverage goes. Mark, how are you doing? We're bringing you in to give us an outside look and some perspective on this situation that's boiling over here in Portland. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I, I echo the same sentiments. Steve, I actually can't wait till till summer league. I forgot to ask you about that before you get on today. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely not the reason I wanted to have to come on. But uh, I'm uh, – I'm I'm glad to glad to be here and that you you respect me enough to have me on, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to it as much as I can. So yeah, I, I think everybody kind of has. I mean, and this goes. This is before I was writing or covering the team. Everybody kind of has those people you kind of bounce ideas off of when NBA news happens. Uh, both Adrian and Mark are in that circle for me as far as that goes. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to have this conversation a million times this weekend. So let's get it recorded let's get it out i know everybody's thinking about it so let's just tee it up here uh henry abbott uh long time started the true hoop network which was you know pre-twitter gets picked up by espn one of the main like narrative storytellers of all basketball coverage like just an awesome awesome guy northwest based comes out says a source close to damian lillard says you know trade demand is imminent 
and that's where we start. This kicks off this whole crazy day, which we're recording on Friday afternoon. Um, then it, it gets so loud that there's eventually a response from Chris Haynes, which is kind of as close as you're going to get to directly to Damian Lillard. And this story today actually featured a back and forth with Damian Lillard in his own words, where in, in that story, it talks about a lot of the stuff we saw right after the Billups hire, as far as he is unhappy with the direction of this roster. He has a great amount of respect for the Portland trailblazers as, as a city, as an organization, as a fan base, but basically, you know, now's the time I, and there's only, he's only going to get one prime in his athletic career. And then in that story, they say that they will address the trade speculation at Damian Lillard's media availability after Team USA's practice on Thursday. No game today, which I don't want to hear any shit from Adrian from Australia on this on this podcast. But uh, maybe a bit later, I'll give you a window. Um, Basically, comes out says he'll address that, which seems like a pretty ominous thing. Like. Basically, if this trade request was false, I think in the past we would have just seen uh, Chris Haynes' story. There is no trade request. Don't, you know, this is all false. It, it did not do that. It, Damian Lillard wanted to address this in front of a camera with the media. So then it, it crescendos into this one o'clock media availability where it is on every Portland radio station. Everybody is glued to Twitter to anywhere they can find and listen to this stream this in real time. And Damian Lillard comes out, says the trade report is false, which, you know, on the surface feels like a good thing, but that's about the most reassurance you got from that whole media appearance. So, so we're going to get into some of the few things, but just initially on the day, Mark, run me through outside looking in how, how you viewed everything. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. Uh, yeah. Um, so obviously Henry Abbott is really a respected person in, in the NBA. Uh, I wasn't really sure what to take from that story initially because he's, I mean, he's not normally somebody who's going to blow open a report like that. Um, so I took that more of like, all right, I'm interested to see where this goes the rest of the day. Cause I think there was only one source in there. Um, so anytime, I mean, just with me in general, if there's only one source, you gotta, you gotta back check it. Um, and then, I mean, obviously Chris Haynes came out and he said in, in his, his piece, like I, reading through it, you really don't get that much from it. Um, and then he's going to, you, you learn Damien's going to address the media. Um, but like, obviously on the surface, like you mentioned, uh, he says it's a false trade request. And I, I guess I would agree with that, but it was a trade request in every sense of the word, except for actually saying it, in my opinion, that's how it comes across to me. This is like, it feels very much like the last straw, like, unless you pull out all the stops to show me that we are going to be a title contending team this year, then I want out. Um, that's how it read to me. Um, I could be wrong in that, but that's very much how it came across. You can just tell like uh, Dame has always been very calm and collected. Uh, you could tell, I think the first time that Dame has really felt like a real shift was um, after the playoffs when Jason Quick dropped that article saying that, that, you know, Dame for the first time in his career did not want to speak after the playoffs. He did not have a comment <laughs> immediately after. 
yeah, so before I kick it over to Adrian to get his thoughts, I think – so obviously the opening is Casey Holdall, the Trailblazers uh, team reporter, comes out and just basically addresses the elephant in the room. And, you know, David Lillard said there is no trade request, but then at the same time he's saying – I I have not made up my mind on how I want to move forward, which is like such a bonkers removal of where we were, you know, two, three years ago as a fan base with Damian Lillard. And then talks about, he he was asked again about the team, about the off season. And he acknowledged that, yeah, maybe Chauncey Billups, just the coaching change can do something for this team. But basic, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but says, this isn't a playoff roster. Like when we, we lost to an, uh, a Nuggets team that the Blazers should have beat. And, you know, he's not happy with the direction. Something needs to happen. And, and that is just speaks volumes to what we've seen from Damian Lillard. Adrian, is that the read you're getting from it too? Or, or how have you picked this up kind of, you know, waking up a little later in the day, U.S. terms? Yeah, I've had to, um, I've had to, to kind of soak it all in. I just want to. I'm just curious to know where Terry Stotts is right now, and 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 how he how he is responding to this because it. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom, a performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm just thinking of that that kind of that wry grin he 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 often gave when uh, when the camera was on him because he must he I, I think he'd get a deal of satisfaction out of it because I mean Neil told us this roster is not the problem mm-hmm. he he said it on multiple occasions and Damien has 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 out and out he he's clearly clearly contradicted that. Um, it's just it, it's amazing to me at what point have we gotten to the point where you need a semiotics degree to understand what's going on um, signals in one word here two words there um, my my take on this is clearly Neil is keeping Dame in the loop on what he's trying to do and Damon is not happy with that and this is 
this is his way of saying, saying you need to do better. And if you don't do better, you have to you have to send me somewhere where I'm going to be in a, in, a, in a position to contend for a title. That's that's how I rate it. Yeah, I I tend to I think we're all on the same wavelength here, and I think really Damian Lillard made it pretty clear in what he said and what he did not say. I I think it's a couple things, obviously. He is not happy with the direction of this team, and and he has to make this slow sea change of where he's been as a player and what he says in the media going into this. I mean, this is a guy who was very upset when Ed Davis was not retained. You know, he still maintains a close friendship with Tim Frazier. This is a guy who was very much against roster changeover, but it's finally hit a breaking point where something does need to happen. And I also think, and I know I have, this is not a source thing. This is not something I've seen, but I think there was probably a conversation in that late June office meeting with him and Neil O'Shea, where there might've been the assumption that this Billups thing was going to get handled. This was going to get removed from the, the headlines in some way, whether, you know, they handle it, you know, like a, like normal human beings or people that are running a business, which has not been the case, which that's a totally separate podcast that we're going to have. Um, and, you know, we're, you know, a few weeks down the road and this is still very much dominating the headlines, especially this week in Portland. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Damian Lillard at that, in that meeting may have set a deadline as far as this is when I, you know, this is when I expect us to move forward, build a roster. And now that this has come back up. I wonder if that deadline has been pulled back in. And that's might be why we see some stuff bubbling up. Obviously it's his birthday yesterday. If Abbott does have a source, I would assume it was someone at that birthday party it would be my guess. Like that, that's just me doing my A to B logic here. So I, I am really curious to see where it goes from here. As far as, and Mark can help me out with this. I feel like you never really know how fast the ball is going to get rolling. So when you compare this to what we've seen with James Harden, where I feel like that accelerated really quick and then you also, on the flip side, have the Anthony Davis situation where it's more of a slow burn. Where do you see this Damian Lillard thing developing, and where do you put it on that spectrum? Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like a conglomeration of the two because you felt this coming for a while. Um, obviously, I mean, it was before the season. I remember one of the, the first pods we did together was before the season last year. It was you get kind of the first cryptic uh, Dame through, through Chris Haynes' article before the season starts. Um, you know, obviously they bring in Jim Boylan to, which, you know, that's a whole other thing, but you know, you can tell this is like the first time where Portland is really trying to shake up continuity. Um, and it, it just did not work out the way that it was expected to this season. Um, I think it's just like now, especially looking back in hindsight, you could have, you can kind of see how this has been building. Uh, but the last two weeks, especially since the Chauncey hire has just blown it out of the water. Like, I think if that, um, goes differently. Uh, maybe we're looking at this in a different way, but I mean, that clearly impacted Dame. Like you can tell he was so frustrated with how that worked out. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you mentioned with like, you know, he, the, he has the meeting with Olshay and thinks everything's going to get papered over or be a little bit different. And the complete opposite happened this week and partly, you know, not to sound patronizing, but I just credit to, um, to all of the fantastic Portland beat writers that put out some great stuff this week unfortunate stuff but stuff that really needed to happen like the amount of shit that got uncovered in one week um is rather disturbing frankly uh, and leads me to have a lot 
of uh, other thoughts and opinions on what should happen in the Blazers as an, or- as an organization, not just as a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say it, it, it's at the point where, I mean, something is going to happen before the season starts. Like if for the most part, if, if somebody's upset and, you know, they really want change, they're going to say, okay, well, you know, we'll, we're going to hire a new coaching staff, see how that goes. We'll have a better read uh, early on into the year and reassess at the trade deadline. It's different. You know, you have the entirely like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that happened with James last year. They hire Steven Silas, um, have the new coaching staff in place and make roster moves. And, you know, by the beginning of the season, it's too late. You know, James is just ready to get out of there. That drags out a little bit. Um, it just really feels like it's going to come to a head. I mean, we still have, I mean, free agency is in two and a half weeks, which is crazy to say. And then summer league is happening right after. And then we have like two months before the season starts. That's a lot of time. Also not a lot of time, but so much in terms of what can happen in the basketball world between now and then. Um, I mean, teams all across the league are going to look vastly different. Um, I just don't know how that's not going to result with Portland looking pretty different too. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. I, I think as an organization, not only as a team, the Blazers look like they could be a drastically different setup by the time the season arrives or definitely heading into next season. And this I'll, I'll kick to Adrian a little bit is you have potentially, I don't think it's been any secret that Jody Allen has potentially looked at selling this team. I think they're waiting for the right situation. I think a lot of plays into what potential expansion could mean for this league and the current owners, as far as a payout goes. I also, I mean, there's no secret that Neil O'Shea, you know, burned one of his bridges as far as, you know, evading responsibility by getting rid of Terry Stotts. And now you have Damian Lillard, you know, making a trade request. So you're or not making a trade request, but walking right up to the line. I mean, it's probably as close as you can get. I, <laughs> I just wonder, you know, this is, could be a completely different brand moving forward. And we're coming off a decade of, you know, it wasn't, didn't reach the heights that we all hoped, but it was a very stable, successful basketball in the playoffs. Adrian, going forward, you know, we fast forward one year. Who's most likely not going to be in Portland when we're looking back on this, just judging by what we've seen in the last three weeks? Is it going to be Jody Allen? Is it going to be Neil O'Shea? Is it going to be Damian Lillard? It's a good question. And you kind of touched on, just before I get to that, this situation needs to be sorted quickly because you've got Norman Powell there. um, And... He's looking at all this going, why would I want to return to Portland? Why would I want to, why would I want to, I mean, I might get decent enough money, but why would I want to be embroiled and included in, in all this stuff going on? So this needs to be sorted out before free agency starts because if you lose Norman Powell, you've lost Gary Trent um, and you've got, you've, you've lost another asset and you're still dealing with a situation where you're in the, you're in cap hell and, you're trying to you're trying to appease Damian Lillard with less less to to work it. Going to your question, um, 
uh, look, predicting 12 months, what, so June, July 17 for me, July 16 for you, 2022 is, it's so difficult right now. I think my, my hope and what I think are two different things. I hope that there are, there is a different person sitting in that general manager slash president of basketball operations chair. My hope is that Damian Lillard is still on the team and I hope that he's just, he's what, so July. So he's, he's just come off a playoff run that has seen the team contend for a Western conference finals birth again. I mean, this is all very idealistic. Um, Look, the next the next month will dictate a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't say I can't say. Yeah, I I, I think it is. It's I, I think the level of uncertainty here is is wild, and I think also in in our minds is how quickly this development and how quickly this all went downhill and unraveled so quickly. I do want to get to the Norman Powell thing because I think that is the elephant in the room when we get when we really look at free agency here. That is their best chance to improve this roster whether that's facilitating a sign and trade, whether that's retaining him and then finding a secondary deal for CJ McCollum. I think sometimes when, when you're covering the team day in, day out, I think sometimes you get too attached or, or you think you know more than you might about certain players, whether that's positively or negatively. I think I am probably on the too negative end of the spectrum as far as CJ McCollum's trade value goes. And I'm probably a little too high on some of these younger players. Mark, if you're looking to make a move – to keep Damian Lillard happy, where does that list start for you if you're Neil Olshay? Um, well, God, I hope I'm not Neil Olshay. But, well, okay, yeah. Um, yeah I, no, actually, I how, how, about, how about if you're um, Portland's acting GM? I, I don't want to yeah. put anybody in those um, shoes. You know, it's tough. I mean, obviously, Ben Simmons is clearly on the table. Um, I think that's where I would go first um, because you look at that, and I think it brings you opportunities that you really haven't had. He'd be the most dynamic athlete uh, on the team since – shit forever like I mean it's not like Portland's never it's not like they haven't been an an athletic team but in terms of somebody who's athletic and can stay on the court for an entire series um that's I mean he's he's the guy like I think you you bring more of the the defensive side that that Portland has lacked and I think that gives you a good baseline to to build off of and I like obviously I, I know people will bring up that Ben struggled in the playoffs uh, I still think part of it – I mean, a lot of it is him. A lot of it is mental. I'm hoping that he's going to be in a different state next year. He might never be, to be completely honest, but he's still a top 25 player in the NBA. Um, and I think that he gives you a better ceiling than if you have CJ and Dame in the same backcourt because we've seen what that looks like. Um, I'm just at the point where I, I think you've run that, the course with that, and I do think it's possible to win with that at a higher level, but not without a, the kind of roster turnover that is just that, – that only really happens in 2K. So – I'm just kind Can of out. It ran its course about um, five years ago. Is it? Is that fair? <laughs> I think fair that's that's fair enough. But it's it's. I mean, it's tough because obviously they did they did make Western Conference Finals. To be fair, um, but granted, like it's just it's certainly at the point where like you you. I, I don't. I think some people have gone too far on CJ's trade value and saying that it's like negative or something like that. Um, but clearly, you would have gotten more for him when he's you know 25 or 26 instead of you know, just about to hit 30 um, on a pretty good size deal. Um, but I also think Philadelphia is in a really tough spot. They want to win 
win now. And I do think that they probably go farther in the playoffs if they have CJ McCollum and Ben Simmons this year. Steve, can I ask a question um, of Mark? Just what what kind of what kind of yep. package would Daryl Morey need from Portland to relinquish Ben Simmons? That's such a great question. Uh, I think like it's it's funny because looking at it right away, I mean they're in the same spot as Portland. Like a uh, a first round pick is not going to mean as much to them as players who are going to play now and contribute at the highest level. So maybe you're trading CJ and Rocco, um, which I don't love that trade. Um, but at the same time, I think I would look at it and say, Ben is like, you, you can try and figure out a way to, to replace Robert Covington uh, in other ways. Like I think you, just the fact that you have Ben in there and you have like, even I don't like thinking of it like this, but if you have Ben Simmons, in Portland and Damian Lillard still request a trade, then you at least have something like that's, that's at least some kind of positive. So I, I tend to look at it more in terms of if you can get that top tier level of player, especially when you need a second star, it's different if you're trying to find a third guy. Um, I would be willing to make a deal like that just because I think you can find 80% of Robert Covington on the MLE. Um, so I would be willing to do that. I'm not sure what Philadelphia looks at it like. I mean, what is Washington State? I, they just hired Wes Unsell Jr. before we got on. Um, you know, is, is Bradley Beal interested in staying there? Because that changes the equation of what a, a deal between Philadelphia and somebody else could look like. Um, I don't – I'd have to look through more in terms of what could actually be open for Ben yeah. Simmons. But honestly, Portland probably is the most sensible deal right now. Like, I mean, Toronto, I, I, I'm not interested in sending Ben Simmons over for a, a Kyle Lowry sign and trade. I don't think I would swap Ben Simmons for Pascal Siakam because what does that do for Philadelphia? Um, there's a lot to, to look into with that, but I do think it is feasible with, with Portland for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important to note too, because I think when people kind of first entertain the idea uh, of Robert Covington in that type of trade, a lot of people really balked at that. A lot of Portland people did. And when I just look at it from asset management, if they want Robert Covington and that's what seals the deal to get Ben Simmons, who's 24 years old, yes, he's on a big contract, but what he does defensively and what he does as a secondary playmaker is exactly what we've been dying for Portland to get next to Damian Lillard. I think if you make that deal, you still have other trade assets on your roster that can replace Robert Covington. You can package a Derek Jones Jr. with potential you know, future assets to a team that might need those to go and get a guy. I mean, we, we watched Portland go and do this to get Robert Covington with a player, like you said, who is 70, 80% of what Robert Covington was in Trevor Ariza. So that deal is much more feasible getting Ben Simmons. That's the hard part. And if, and if you're a Robert Covington away in that trade package, you do that, you do that every single time. So I know people like Robert Covington, He's very good at what he does, and Portland is, you know, really clamored for a role player that plays his role well. It would be hard to see Robert Covington go, but having a good role player is like your fourth option. We saw where that got the Blazers this year. Like, the, the time to, to make those fringe-type moves is gone. Like, the, Damian Lillard has started the stopwatch. It's time to make a move And, like and just, just on so. in, including Covington in a trade with CJ – something else is going to have to come back with Philly to make the, the money work. So George Hill makes perfect sense. So mm-hmm. you're, if you're getting George Hill mm-hmm. and Ben Simmons back for, for, for CJ and, and Rocco, that's, that's another heady veteran presence in that Portland backcourt. And that, that'd be, that'd definitely be helpful. 
I do want to dial it into a couple things back to the press conference before we kind of jump out of this emergency podcast. I, <laughs> there's a couple things that really stood out that I don't know if we're getting enough coverage. One is, I believe it was Jason Quick's line of questioning where he was asking, it almost feels like Neil was asking at a certain point, but, uh, and, but I think Jason is a phenomenal uh, writer. I'm not saying that Neil is feeding him information, but yeah, I think uh, Jason is pretty not not to like fire back, but I think he, uh, Jason's article that came out after the uh, the original press conference. I think any real uh, any real tie with Neil O'Shea is pretty gone yeah, after that. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, I I think what he he came out and was asking him, you know, have you been talking to Neil? Have you been talking to Jody? And you know, Damian Lillard, yes. Have you talked to Neil one on one? And have you talked to Jody one on one? And it was the weirdest thing to see Damian Lillard like consciously avoid a question like that. And really how I read it. And I want to get your guys' input on this if I'm reading it the same way, but I kind of feel like there's a potential that Damian Lillard is talking about Jody Allen is paying like my biggest deal breaker right now might be Neil O'Shea's employment with the Blazers. And the reason why I want to bounce that off you guys is I don't want to project too much. Everybody kind of knows where I stand on Neil O'Shea, given by what I say week in and week out. Is that the vibe you're getting? Do you think that is the rift here, or or am I looking into that that quote a little too much? Hundred percent, hundred percent looking into it too much. And it's, and especially especially after the, I mean, say what you will about the Billups hiring, but the way it was handled is. It was just stupefying, and that in and of itself could have could have been enough to, to push him that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like not. I, this is probably gonna be a slightly long rant. No, go ahead. Uh, I've go gotten ahead. really tired of dealing with people with uh, with Twitter on on Twitter with this because, um, obviously, you know, I've done podcasts talking about this. I know you guys have in terms of, uh, obviously, you know, the way that this has been handled is absolute shit. You know. I don't want to, uh, you know, even if Chauncey Billups is quote unquote innocent, um, first of all, I don't really think that changes things. Like it's more about the fact that this organization has completely buffered every opportunity that they've had to actually talk about their hiring process and explain to people. And that's the problem. Like if Chauncey Billups is innocent or if Chauncey Billups is a reformed person, it's not up for me to decide. But like, I need to know why you did this. I can't just hear you say, trust me. Like when I heard Neil O'Shea say that, I was like, what the, f-? And like, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. We'll, on we'll find like, it. <laughs> no, you're yeah. It's just uh, like, the, I'm just at the stage where if, and especially with all the stuff that's come out about jo- Jody Allen now, um, if this is a different organization, I don't know how Neil O'Shea is still in charge. Um, I don't think that he's done a good enough job in terms of basketball operations over the last couple of years. Like I even, even last year I was ecstatic from the Roco deal, but that was two years too late. Like you mentioned, like that's the kind of move that he had been sitting on his hands for multiple years, had been just unwilling to actually do that. It feels like to me, uh, it, it like just my reading is that Neil O'Shea is going to outlast Damian Lillard here, which is just kind of mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more fast tracked that, that Dame is going to be out of Portland before him. Uh, which is kind of crazy because it, it, it just I imagine if Paul Allen were still alive, Neil O'Shea would not be in uh, in Moda Center anymore. Uh, I think that's pretty unequivocal. 
um, which has been, I don't, I don't really have great words for that. Uh, <laughs> no. That's clearly they're they're Damian Lillard is not one of the players who should be outlasted by a front office member is a pretty easy way to put it. No, especially a, a front office person of, of this caliber. Like I think there's a lot of other GMs on this world that can navigate a, an NBA roster like Neil O'Shea has. Um, I, I believe Adrian would like to would have said it, it was proprietary information, <laughs> but uh, um, I I do think. It is wild, and I think it's going to take a long time for that wound to heal if that is the case. And what makes me think really that that is is I think we've seen in the past a lot of the moves like this when a player does up the rhetoric on something like this, it's usually because their decision's kind of already made. And when you think about how this actually would impact the potential trade market for the Blazers to make improvement, making it pretty well known that your star player is upset probably does not help you in trade negotiations anywhere else in the league. Like it's the same reason Ben Simmons's trade value is diminished so much is everybody kind of knows the Sixers can't move forward with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid existing at the same time. Now I think most, I mean, 29 other teams know that the Blazers can't continue to exist this way. If you know, this roster doesn't improve and how do they improve it is by making these trades with whether it's CJ McCollum, whether it's Yusuf Nurkic, some of these other guys. So if I, if I'm an opposing GM, I'm saying, okay, give me your best deal and now make it better because I know you have to make this trade. So what do you think the Blazers can get a deal done with how this gauntlet has been laid down? And how do you think this Dame's, current messaging and tone right now impacts how the moves the Blazers can make in the coming three, four weeks. Oh man. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, uh, what exactly Neil O'Shea is, is thinking right now. Like it's um, for me, it's so tough to think about. Cause even like looking at the Blazers right now and where they're at, like it's hard to even talk about the basketball side and look mm-hmm. at the basketball side because there's, I just have no idea what, what yep. is going to – what this organization is going to look like in three months mm-hmm. uh, when the season is starting up. And I would say personally, like, I mean, there's definitely framework for deals to happen still. Like, C.J. McCollum is a valuable player um, who would help teams, especially in the right context. Um, I mean, there are younger guys on the roster. Like, I, you could definitely move Anthony Simons um, in, in part of deals, like there, there are ways to make things happen. And like you mentioned too, like the, we, we talked a little bit about, about Norman Powell earlier, making moves happen sooner rather than later is going to be important because a, like, like you mentioned, we're trying to, you have to see if Dame's going to stay. Like if, if there's any way to keep Dame around, it's, it's by making moves happen and, and showing that you're going to, to try and, um, have a different, uh, approach going forward. Um, but I mean, this, internal strife i guess is what we'll call it yeah. has uh i mean that that is certainly something that other teams can leverage against you um i i'd, I'd imagine uh so it, you know any more of this kind of stuff leaking out or happening is not going to help in terms of any kind of trades getting done moving forward because like you mentioned too like even if stuff goes well like why would i want to resign in portland if i'm norman powell yep this is a nightmare, man. Like, yeah. I, I just like, you don't know if Dame is even going to want to stay around. Like, it's just, it makes it a very difficult situation to actually uh, stabilize. Yeah. I mean, if, if Norm signs a four-year deal, he's going to be exactly where Dame is now, as far as age-wise goes. I mean, you're talking about a player who's hitting the open market for the first time in his career that 
is going to be on the opposite side of his prime, and he doesn't know how many of those years he's going to be playing next to Damian Lillard. I mean, it might be this year, but after that, who knows? So I, I, I think it really has complicated the Norman Powell talks, for sure, without a doubt. Adrian, do you got any, any thoughts on it? Do you think that this has really severely impacted the Blazers' ability to make a move? Um, yeah, of course it does, because the Sharks are smelling blood in the water. Like, mm-hmm. all is not well in Portland. I, 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 at this point, I've, I'm going to find it very difficult to, to see CJ on this roster next season, I think. After, after today... CJ has to has to be dealt. I, I, I don't see any other way. Um, mm. But I, I just wonder, as far as Blazer, Blazer fandom goes at the moment, who's more hated, Neil O'Shea or Ray Felton? <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it's tough. I, I I mean, because they're two different things. I don't think it's tough to know who's more hated. I think Neil O'Shea is going to go down as an all-time villain for this franchise, especially if this thing continues the way it goes. But let's be very real here. Raymond Felton showed up too fat and wasn't very good at basketball. Like, Neil O'Shea, how he's acting, like Mark touched on, it's really hard to just talk about basketball with this team. Like, honestly, today sucked, but it was all about basketball for the main part. And it was almost, you know, I don't want to say, you know, oh, me feeling good is important and being able to talk about basketball is important. I've got the – grand scheme of things but it does say something about where this franchise is right now and it's an absolute mess you have people who are acting what looks like immoral at best in how they're conducting the the vetting process how they're going about this hiring process and what they're saying to this fan base who you know prior to a month ago i would argue is one of the most inclusive fan bases in all of professional sports and this has created a rift that is going to take decades to fix. And there is one person I believe that is at the top of that list where you can lay a lot of blame. And that is Neil Olshay. And I think that will be his lasting legacy here in Portland, barring like a miraculous turnaround and and some, and and like Mark touched on the, the team either one saying we found this, this, and this, and this is why we felt comfortable about Billups or having a real reckoning about how they're going to rectify this situation and how Chauncey Billups is, you know, potentially grown as a person, what they're going to do to, to repair the damages to, to a lot of this fan base. But until that happens, and I don't think it can happen with this guy, because I don't think Neil O'Shea has shown one shred of humility with anything he's ever done in this front office position. So it, it, it's a rough situation when you have a person like this in charge of the, the team you, you love, you know, but we're here. And I think, the people who are are searching for the stories and covering this team are working really hard to make sure the truth is out there. And and I think they are doing an adequate job of holding Neil O'Shea's feet to the fire here because it absolutely needs to happen. I I do the fact, go ahead. Sorry. The fact that just, just how disingenuine he comes across. Mm. Uh, it, it reminds me of politicians. I mean, I, I, I follow politicians in America and Australia and it just, it comes across as, you're not getting the truth. I'm giving you what I want you to have. And the majority of people out there aren't dumb. They realize they can, they can pick that up. Mm. And that, 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 that way of thinking and that way of presenting yourself just doesn't fly. 
because we are we are subjected to it on a daily basis with umpteen networks, news networks. We know we know we can we can smell a rat, and it's just it's gone to the point where it's just it's it's really really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I do want to end on a happier note. Well, it's a happier note for one person in this, in this conversation. Uh, Team Australia definitely had a very different vibe this week compared to Team USA heading into the Tokyo Olympics. And I do want to give Adrian an opportunity to, to talk about Australia's successes. And, and what, what do you expect from this team at the Olympics? You think they're, they're going to get higher up on the podium than this uh, USA team? Uh, Patty Mills for MVP. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, God, with 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 the USA team losing Beal and uh, is Grant now? Uh, yeah, out Grant's in well? COVID protocols. But don't worry, three-time champion Javale McGee. Boom! Is here to save the day. <laughs> oh, well, God, I'm so I mean, sick of Woj and Shams beefing people up for agents, but you know yep. that's a whole other thing. Look, look, we 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 have come within a hair of of a bronze medal, but look. If Ben Simmons was playing for Australia, I'd, I'd have no issue in saying, let's go to the gold medal match. I still think the Blazers, uh, Blazers the Boomers are in with a chance uh, for a bronze. But we'll, we'll see what happens with COVID and we'll see what, what happens with Aaron Baines' knee and, and go from there. But uh, Josh Giddy, uh, draft prospect, also showed a few things in our, our last game against Nigeria. So that's, uh, that's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, as far as the NBA goes moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the more exciting prospects that that are in this class as far as what he does. I mean, at his size and how he sees the floor and what he does on the offensive end, definitely a a fun prospect to watch. Um, Before we get out of here, I do want to touch on on some of Mark's work. If you're not familiar with premium hoops or the type of stuff Mark puts out, it is thoughtful, it is in-depth, you've – uh, and this is what I enjoy about a lot of the stuff he does is when you walk away from it, you felt like you learned something. And so much of what I do on the basketball side, and I think Adrian can speak to this is it's me searching for information and what I need from an article. And then I get out where, you know, when you go to some, when you listen to one of Mark's podcasts, I think you generally do take something away from it. And, and he's a guy who deserves to make this in this industry. I, I, he is one of the brightest minds I've come across he started a Patreon recently, so I, I we're going to have that information up in the post. But check out his stuff. Mark, can you talk a little bit about where people can find you and what type of content you can find once you get there? First of all, man, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me uh, at M. Schindler NBA on Twitter. Um, all my work is up at premiumhoops.org. I do stuff in indie corners as well, covering the Pacers. Uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff covering the draft. Like you mentioned with Josh Giddy, I have him number five on my board right now. He's fantastic, man. He's got it, and I can't wait for him at the next level. Um, finding NBL games is very difficult, <laughs> but watching them is a joy because of what Josh does. It's also difficult to find them in Australia as well. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. It's, it's like it's pretty much only on Twitch, and that's about it. But, um, yeah, you can find all my – especially on Twitter. I'm very active there. You can find all my stuff. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. This was, uh, this was yeah. great. Uh, unfortunate yeah. for why it had to happen, but I was, I was glad to be on. You know, there's going to come a time where we're going to have a happier conversation here, I hope. Yeah. So, so hopefully. Talk about a 25 and, and, uh, and 65 uh, Blazers team, uh, two games getting eliminated for the rest of the game. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know it's, it's happier times than now. Uh, right? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, anyway, guys, thank you, everybody. Uh, I can't tell you how humbled we are on behalf of Perry and Brian who weren't a part of today's show. 
we are absolutely humbled by, by everyone who's shown up and listened and downloaded us in the last two weeks. We have a lot of new listeners and we appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate those reviews that have been coming in. So seriously, it means the world to us. And I know it's hard right now, but when you enter these conversations, enter them with good faith. And if someone isn't doing that too, the block buttons for free on Twitter, don't put yourself through that and treat each other with respect and dignity when you can. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod and be sure to check out our live show on Locker Room every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.